to apply to the 136th edition of the Pittsburgh Baseball Club. Do not use embarrassed. Good morning to you. Thursday morning, I'm Dan Kowatrich of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Pirates. It comes your way bright and early every weekday. If you're into football and or hockey, I also offer daily shots of Steelers and Penguins where you found this. Yankees 14, Pirates 2. Last night in the Bronx. And they're not moved by it. Why are you? They weren't moved by the horrific blown four-run lead the night before. So why were you? They made up their minds in advance of the 2022 season that nothing that happened in Pittsburgh would matter. This in the third year of this front office's operation. The third year they made up their minds that it was okay for the Pittsburgh Pirates to suck and to function as basically an elongated tryout camp, really, other than the handful of players, and it's no more than that, who matter to the future of the franchise who are already in Pittsburgh, the rest of it was going to be a tryout camp. Bring in this guy, see what he's got. Pluck this guy off waivers, see what he's got. Put them out there for X number of at-bats or X number of innings and see what they've got. This was a conscious, active decision. This was not some passive happenstance. They set out to do this. They were okay with this. Hence, not embarrassed by anything that's happened since. They see this, insanely enough, as part of the process. They see all these blowouts as just part of the process. They're way more interested in some other minute thing that might have happened somewhere else. So they go to New York. They're there for six games. They face the first place Mets, the team with the highest payroll in baseball now. Lose all four. Go face the Yankees across town. Uh, Aaron Judge is chasing after a record that isn't even a record. And everyone's all super fired up and the whole baseball world is watching and they blow a four-run lead one night and then lose by a dozen the next. And it's just whatever. It's whatever. I'm not even being cynical when I say this. Can you understand that? Like a lot of people say stuff like this about the Pirates as a reflex. And it's for no purpose beyond sounding cynical. I'm not doing that. They're actually legitimately not embarrassed by this because they've set sail on a full season with the ambition to have no ambition other than to just generally get better and to buy time for whenever their magical cadre of prospects is going to show up one day. Oh, and one other thing. They're doing it again next year. This portion of Daily Shot of Pirates is brought to you by our friends at North Shore Tavern. That's directly across Federal Street from PNC Park. It's home of Steak on a Stone, an eating experience, underscoring the word experience. The steak is brought to you partially cooked on an 800-degree stone, and you do the rest. 
It's a ton of fun, it's a great meal, and it's a baseball atmosphere like no other in Pittsburgh. North Shore Tavern, right across Federal Street from PNC Park. I've made multiple references over the past month or so to the Pirates planning to punt again in 2023. You will get no one from the team to confirm such a thing because that's just not the kind of thing you confirm, okay? It's just not. But I'm not guessing at this. You will not see any significant increase in payroll. You will not see anything that remotely resembles an aggressive approach to filling spots on the diamond. You might see the occasional Roberto Perez type signing. You know what I mean by that. Ben Charrington knew he lost something at the time that was important in Jacob Stallings, and he wanted to get himself a good, experienced catcher, and he went out and got Perez for the one year and $5 million. And that, by the pirate standards, is a, a pretty healthy free agent contract, right? You're not going to see anything more than that. You're going to see a couple of stop gaps here or there. You're going to see some bullpen experiments, and you're going to see the equivalent of a Ben Gamble here or there. I don't even mean the actual Ben Gamble. I mean a Ben Gamble, someone who's just a major league fill-in. That's it. And I'm not guessing at this. This is what they're going to do in 2023. Why? Depends on what you believe. If you believe that they're waiting for the Altoona crew to arrive and save us all, I mean, okay, go right ahead. But you're giving them five years of leeway. In order to achieve that. And who knows if even that'll be enough. Because you can just keep right on stalling. Andy Rodriguez, catcher who's lit it up at every level, is now in AAA lighting it up. He's a catcher. That's a position of need. This kid can rake. It's a terrific acquisition by Charrington and his staff. It looks to be an inspired case of development by Charrington and his staff. And they're going to stick him in the minors again next year unconditionally for the first two months and change. Why? Because of Super 2 arbitration and a handful of million dollars that they can save several years down the road. Never mind that it'll be year four. Why? Because year four is going to be another punt. They know that and you should know that too. They are not going to compete next year. They are not going to care if they lose 100 games again next year. And they're definitely not going to be embarrassed. This was Shelton to reporters in New York last night after the 14-2 loss. And in, speaking in general on the trip. Yeah, I mean, you sometimes you have to take your, your lumps in this atmosphere against good teams, and hopefully our club learns from this because you're not going to get a much better atmosphere than, than we got at City Field and, and we got, you know, here at Yankee Stadium, and hopefully our guys can can kind of learn from what environments like this is like. Heard those words before? Yeah, heard that inflection, heard the very casual this or that. Yeah, that too. He's just following the orders from above. That's it. That's it. Because, and don't forget, this is always, always, always a very real possibility that all of this is being done to just delay spending into purpose.
gratuity. Hmm. When we come back, J1Q. management team had to go and they actually were replaced but what's changed it's so sad frustrating and depressing to see our storied franchise become a joke uh, matt i i can't agree with everything that you said there particularly at the end strongly enough uh, what's changed between the neil huntington front office and this one the answer to that believe it or not is a ton like a ton-ton. The approach is the polar opposite of what Huntington was doing. The approach to build up with high-end, high-ceiling type prospects and to watch them come along and mature and become something upon which you can build a depth of high-end, high-ceiling types, that works. That works in a lot of different places, not least of which is St. Petersburg, Florida. The problem with this approach is it's inexact, and it's not safe, and you'd better have people on hand who can A, acquire these players, and B, develop them. If you don't have even one of those two, you've got nothing. And as you and I are talking right now, Matt, this system is not great. It's had some pedigree guys come into it at different points, which raised the rankings, their overall organizational rankings, as high as number two or three behind, obviously, the Rays. But then as time passed, and this arguably is that much more damning to the whole cause, not much has really come of it. And that's the reason I mentioned Andy Rodriguez in the first segment. Uh, he was someone who was kind of seen as a, a, a throw-in prospect to an extent in the three-team trade involving the Mets and the Padres. And he came to Pittsburgh and became something good, meaning in the Pittsburgh organization. Well, that's wonderful, but there are supposed to be a ton of these stories, and there aren't. There just aren't. There are still some high-end guys in the system, not least of which is a 1-1, meaning a first overall pick in Henry Davis. Other first-rounders, Quinn Priester, Nick Gonzalez. A lot of 1As, a lot of comp picks, a lot of second-rounders, a lot of big-type arms. But they're not jumping out. They're not rising above. And, you know, in the modern world of baseball analysis and study and everybody having access to everything, it's kind of hard to keep someone a secret. Occasionally, you'll be surprised by someone like Luis Ortiz coming up and throwing 100 miles an hour right out of Altoona. But I guarantee you the people who are experts in the field weren't surprised. The people who really, really study this stuff. The people who do the rankings. And the Pirates keep falling in these rankings. And the Pirates have one, count them, one top 50 prospect. 
in the Baseball America list, and that's Termar Johnson, who was just drafted like a month and a half ago. And he's at number 44. So all this time has passed, and other than Andy Rodriguez, what are we talking about this year? What are we talking about? Now, to get back to your question, Matt, what's different? Huntington would make trades that just bring in, you know, a bunch of Colin Moran. You know, that was his thing going back to the Jason Bay and Xavier Nady deals. He would just get whatever, a pile of AAA something because he felt it was safe. He felt he was taking less of a gamble. He wasn't nearly as ambitious or courageous. And that was never going to work. And for the record, it didn't in 2013 to 15 either. For the millionth time, that was a group of free agents that were advised by people who only worked for Huntington for a brief period and then went on to greener pastures. So it's very different. Alas, the results are the same. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Pirates. We'll do another one of these tomorrow. Tomorrow.